0: And welcome to Tell Me Your Story: New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Because today is game day. That's right. We're going to play a a game that, well, we kind of all play, but we don't really realize that we're playing it. At least not in the context as we're going to be discussing it. And we hope that you'll stay with us. That's the teaser for you here, because we're going to be talking about uh, a couple of a world-renowned. Uh, Business astrologer. I'm fascinated to talk to this woman. And a feng shui expert, another person I am looking forward to talking to. I'm very interested to see how these two ologies, if you will, although feng shui doesn't end in an ology, nonetheless, how they mesh together. We'll find out about how these experts combined to offer a 300-page encyclopedia of money attraction tools. The title of the book is... Money is an energy game. That's right. That's the game we'll be playing. We'll be playing with, Not you're not going to play with my money. Okay. I will play with my money. You are going to play with your money. Okay. If I ever go to Vegas and gamble, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the front office, to the manager. I'm going to hand him, let's just say I'm going to use the discretionary income of $100. I'm just going to give it to him and say, can I just go play without having to bet? Because you're going to get the money anyway, uh, so I might as well just because the house is set up to win. Uh, we'll find out who the house is in this game uh, called uh, uh, this game called Money Energy. Money is an energy game, and we'll talk about that as we continue our conversation with our two very special and lovely guests. Uh, we have uh, Madeline, and uh, she goes by Peggy, but Margaret is our um, mm-hmm. c- her her co-author, and uh, we are so grateful. That both you and it's Margaret uh, Donahue and uh, Madeline, and it's uh, Gerwich? Gerwich. Uh, Gerwich, okay. Gerwich. Gerwick. Gerwick, not C-H. C-K. C-K. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, both of you.
1: Well, thank you for having us.
2: Yeah, we're delighted to be here.
0: You know, it's one of the biggest uh, subjects. It's one of the uh, biggest dividers in relationships, uh, in Ooh. business. It's str- the biggest struggle, uh, especially as we've seen uh, during uh, the nineteen to uh, nineteen. The probably it was during the nineteen twenties, late twenties. <laughs> uh, during <laughs> during twenty twenty, uh, that we referred to as the year of perfect vision. By the way, folks, here's the book. Okay. Here is the book that you're going to want to pick up and we'll be giving the website as well here in just a couple of moments. We'll also give the particulars as to uh, this program and all of that uh, that's concerned. But uh, the first thing is, I like the image you have on the book here and obviously uh, you've got it probably set up in just such a way you're not you're not in violation of any copyright uh, infringements right. or trademarks. <laughs> uh, we do look look at that and so, looks vaguely familiar to. Another game that I have played and lost at, buddy of mine played the marathon uh, Monopoly uh, back when he was living in an apartment and I was delivering him newspapers and we were having a blast. And we played, I think, for four or five or six hours until I don't know what happened, but the tempers got such and the board and pieces went everywhere.
2: No. Oh boy! Oh geez! <laughs> and that's
0: kind of what happened in 1929. Uh, in a manner of speaking, uh, we've had it happen in uh, in uh, probably other periods of time, but the most recent 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. uh, and so forth. And uh, I've ha- I've been having my ups and downs, as most people are, uh, when it comes to this subject. And it drives us nuts because we can't <laughs> yeah, <it> seem <laughs> to figure out the formula. So let me start with the astrologer, and that would be uh, Madeline, correct? Yes. Madeline, what does astrology have to do with, and I, I don't even know if the money is the correct term, currency? Um, I believe in the law of exchange, universal law of exchange. There is always an exchange. Where does astrology fall into this, or how do you incorporate it into this conversation?
2: Okay, well, astrology is actually the study of energy cycles. So it's all about energy, and Peg has been studying feng shui, which is the... um, how your space reflects your inner energy. And so in astrology, we use timing to become more prosperous. In other words, there are certain days that are more auspicious for taking important actions. And there are days when you really can't make something happen because nothing's going to come of it. The cycle is, is such that no action is really being supported at that point. So you would rather take an important action like introducing a new product or starting a company or launching a website on a good day at a good time that would connect you well with your customers and bring in financial success. So that is one piece of the astrology and it's one piece of prosperity is good timing but in general peg and i are aware of energy on a lot of different levels and astrology is just one of the levels and feng shui is another level mm-hmm. and there are multiple other levels that are impacting our money as well and so energy is is a very broad topic <laughs> and yeah. so mm-hmm. it's yeah it's it's a big it's a big number of factors that are impacting us at all times
0: all right well now i'm going to jump to uh peggy uh first of all margaret how did you uh, where do you get peggy is that your middle name no it's it's just a shortened
1: version it's a it's a nickname okay Margaret can be um, very formal
0: i i never thought of peggy as being a a, a shorter version of margaret but hey it's actually an irish thing (laughs) I should, well, I should know that. Look behind me. I've got a granite wall uh, on one of the Aran Islands off of the coast of Galway. Uh, okay, this is that granite uh, fortress that they have there on Moor. Uh, so I should know that. But anyway, so I know a little about feng shui uh, when it comes to placing things in a room. All right, okay. and I know very little about that. <laughs> so how does how how do you use feng shui? in this uh, uh, energy game we call money?
1: Well, um, the practice of feng shui is is really about the energy in your space. And and the premise is that your space is a reflection of your inner self. So you will look around your space and it's all about the chi or the energy. Mm -hmm. And what we strive for is to have free flowing energy so that it's coming in gently and it's meandering around. Versus stuck energy. So clutter slows you down and bogs you down, gets you stuck in place. Or you may have energy that is just zooming right through. Um, It's it's fast moving chi that leads to increased stress and increased anxieties. So you're looking for a, a smooth flow of energy. And we also have a, what we call a symbolic map of life issues that we place over your space. And we refer to this as a feng shui bagua. Think of it as a tic-tac-toe board that you put over your space. So in that, the back left corner is what we call the prosperity corner or the wealth corner. So that is one in particular that you wanna have in great shape if you are looking to, strengthen your prosperity or bring in more money and you'd also work with the front, right, the opposite. So the back left and the front, right, the front right is what we call helpful people. So it's about the right people coming into your life to help you out. And it's also about the blessings you receive. So the two spots really go hand in hand. And again, you want to have everything um, working. So you want to make sure your electric is working that your plumbing is working. Well, there's no leaks. Um, lights are working. Light bulbs are not burnt out. That sort of thing. Dirty and foggy windows can um, cloud your vision as you're looking forward. As I said earlier, um, clutter, clutter stops
0: you in your tracks. Uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a shredder that eliminates clutter. Okay. Okay. Now. Okay. Before we go any further, there, let me ask about orientation in a room. How do you determine what is the front and the back of a room? I have a studio, mm-hmm. and when I enter the room, if I think of what you just described, uh, the, 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 the door is uh, I guess the best way to put this is on the north side of the room. Uh, there's a closet on the east side of the room and that wall. There's that back wall on the south, and then a window on the west wall. There are actually two windows on the east wall, but they're like those those transoms that kind of come out like this and then you just sure. push it back up, that kind of thing. Yeah. So how do I determine which is the, the front and the back and so forth?
1: Well, there's various systems in Feng Shui and I work with both the uh, Western system as well as the um, traditional classic system. So in the Western system, that's where we use the Feng Shui Bagua. So you en- as you enter through the door, of, of your office. Then the back left would be the, say, the, the top or the far corner on the left. So directions, you don't have to worry about the directions, the okay. northeast, south, or west. You just do the placement from where you come into the room.
0: Okay, and You so might come
1: in on the left side, the center side, or the right side.
0: Left but side. That, I come in on the left side.
1: Okay, you come in the left side. So in our feng shui bagua, you would be coming into what we call the knowledge area that's about knowledge and wisdom and self-discovery
0: oh
1: yeah and and look at what you're doing
0: Yeah. <laughs> Tell me
1: your story, right? So, so it's it's
0: more entering the room, not so much how I sit in the room, where the way my computer and my screen are set up well, and that kind of, actually, of stuff. Well,
1: actually, that matters too. Okay. When, when, you, when you sit in the room, we like to see you um, sit in what we call a position of power. Uh-oh. Uh, sit in a position of strength. So position of strength is one where you have a solid wall behind you. Look at what you have. You have a rock wall. behind <laughs> <you>. <laughs> There's the magic. I'm wall. not
0: messing around people.
1: No. So you want to have a solid wall behind you. Mm-hmm. You want to have open space in front. And ideally you also see the door. So
0: I can't, open, I can over my right shoulder.
1: So the, so the door is behind you.
0: Not exactly. It's actually when I'm sitting the door yes. wall and the door, uh, the wall with the door is on my right. The solid okay. wall is behind me. I have a, that other wall with the two two windows up high, and then I have a sure. window in front of me, but it's covered to keep the sunlight from coming in in the summertime because it's so, so it heats up uh, sure. the And interior. do you have
1: a lot of space in front of you? Would you say do you have the larger part of the room in front of you no. or
0: behind you? Uh, I would say it's either to the left or to the right of me. It's more of a rectangular room.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So it's, so you're sitting in a room that is a horizontal rectangle. I mean, it's wider than it is longer.
0: The way I'm sitting in it, it is wider than it is, uh, okay. yeah, longer. Okay. Or, uh,
1: okay.
0: Well, again, using the directions, it's north to south wider than it is east to west. Okay. Uh, and again, uh, it, b- behind me is the solid wall. That's the longest. In front of me is the is the wall with the window that I've got covered. That's the longest. Okay.
1: Okay. So and the door is um, to your right. To my right, as you sit, mm-hmm. it, it's to your right. So if you place yourself at the door, which is to your right, okay, then that 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 far left corner is your wealth area. Okay. In the room. And then we were talking about sitting in a position of power. So, mm. the position of power is you do have a solid wall behind mm-hmm. and you have space in front, but it's more space to the left and to the right. And the door is to the right. So, when you're sitting at your desk, you really don't see the door. You don't have a clear view of your door.
0: No, no. If I'm looking no. at my monitor, absolutely right. not. You're right. Right.
1: So, it would be good in that instance to place a mirror where you can see the door so that you can just look up. You know, to the left Mm. or the right of your monitor, and you can glance in it and see if anybody's coming in.
0: I love the workarounds. Yeah, you love what? I love the workarounds.
1: Oh, great! So they don't have to rearrange the room. There's (laughs) there's well, there's typically workarounds, so that's why people really don't need to worry about feng shui because it's really about what can you do to create a nice flow of energy, right? And get things moving,
0: right? Let me let me jump back to uh, to Madeline. When we talk about astrology, are we talking, uh, uh, because I am a very, I'm very aware of, have had on my program many times, uh, a dear friend of mine, his name is David Hawthorne, and he's Eastern astrology, Eastern or Vedic astrology. Um, Are you, do you incorporate uh, different, if you will, uh, astrological modalities, East, West, and so on and so forth, or is this primarily Western astrology?
2: No, it's Western astrology. Okay,
0: all right. Yeah. Now, do you use dates and or times? How, because the, again, we're talking. You talked about astrology. Is, astrology is really about energy flow. Okay.
2: Yeah, energy cycles. Cycles. Yes, there, yeah. yeah, there are a lot of cycles, and it's fairly complex. So what I do is I provide people with a color-coded guide. Uh, it's called my Good Timing Guide. So, that people can know good oh. days and times to do important activities. So, it'll tell you when there's a timeout, uh, what I call a cosmic timeout. And uh, astrologers call that a void, of course, moon, but that term doesn't mean anything to most people. So, I call them timeouts because people understand that when the ball is not in play, you can't score. Yeah. And that's essentially what's happening. So you don't want to take important actions during timeouts. And there are some days where we have a, I show a green dollar or green dollar plus when there's more money flow or more expansion. Or there's days when communications are really good or and strong and there's days when it's not and so forth. And there's days when it's great to promote or take important actions and so forth. And then there's days when it's not so good. And there's good contract days, good negotiation days, things like that. So you can know, you can be in the ballpark just using the guide to figure out this is a good day for for X, Y, Z. Or no, it's not really that good of a day for that. Let's choose a better day. <laughs> so,
0: Well, you know, um, I was told back in 2013 by my Vedic astrologer, uh, about something that was coming up in 2019. Now, uh, my perception, and and I shared this with him, and he agreed that that was a good analogy, a good metaphor, was that with Vedic astrology, uh, and and we can tie this into the Western astrology that you're using as well, I think, uh, he said that, it, I said, it's like a roadmap, and all you're doing is you're telling me about the potential conditions that I right. may come across at, let's just say, mile marker 200 and mile marker 647 and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And right. it is up to me, entirely up to me, as to whether or not I prepare for those conditions, like at mile right. marker 200, there might be rain. I could take mm-hmm. a slicker, I could take a, an umbrella, or I could do neither and mm-hmm. potentially get soaked to the skin. Right. <laughs> Whereas at mile marker 647, uh, it might be real windy and I better hold on to my hat or be ready to buy a new one uh, <laughs> right. or glue it to my head or, you know. So and, and so we, we went through this and he said that in uh, November of 2019, I would begin a period of many years of having what he referred to as the Midas touch. Mm. I'm still waiting now. I've had (laughs) I've had the ups and downs. Okay. I've had the ups and downs, but something I did About a year prior I realized that it was coming up and I thought you know, I need to change my I need to change the way I look At money and prosperity and and all of that I Mm -hmm. need to start because I don't want to be like the lottery winner who is middle or or middle middle lower class who wins millions of dollars And is exactly where they were one year later. Right. Before they won. So I started doing that. I started to put different spins on things. I started to let go of the anxieties over needing to pay bills. As a matter of fact, I've heard this one technique when it comes to uh, outflow. Uh And that is to even verbalize it, and this I know is part of some of these steps that you folks, you two have set up, the eight steps in here that we'll go over, and that is being grateful. Thank you for letting me pay, let's just, I'm going to throw this out there, thank you for letting me pay $400 a month for my car and renter's insurance. Thank you for allowing me to pay $400 a month for my truck payment. For my insurance, for my telephone, for groceries, mm-hmm. whatever the amount is. One of the other things that my wife has really instilled in me that I try to remind myself every time maybe I go to the gas pump or we, we buy groceries every week and sometimes we'll spend a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And I used to grumble about that. Oh, my God. And I finally got chief. She really kind of instilled in me. It is what it is. Yeah. Okay. It just is. It just you and you can pay it or not. Yeah. Okay, exactly so right. accept <laughs> the fact that the reality is this is what it costs, mm-hmm. do you want to pay that? Okay, then. So accepting those realities to me is, is part of that. Let's talk about these eight steps that you have in here. This is in part one of your book. Now you have the introduction to the money game. Uh, part two has to uh, actually—that's the introduction. Part one is the eight keys to your prosperity. The first one is cultivating a positive money vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, which one of you wants to take that first?
2: Well, there are a lot okay. of that, that you. Can, <laughs> there are a lot of ways that you can uh, cultivate a positive money vibe. Okay. And some of them have to do with your belief about money. It, essentially, money is just a way to exchange energy with other people. As, as you mentioned earlier, there's always an exchange of energy. And mm-hmm. that's what it is at the very basics. Everything is made of energy. There's nothing in the world that is not made yep. of energy. Yep. money. <laughs> so when you believe that money is filthy for the filthy rich or uh, can't be spiritual or something of that nature or that it's hard to get and you have to work hard to get it, any of those things, or if you're limited in your belief that you can only get money by earning it or you believe that uh, there's, it's always something taking it away from you. It doesn't matter what the cliche is that you've been uh, instilled with, it can. It's limiting your money vibe. And then there are uh, other ways that your money vibe can be raised it, by letting go of fears and anxieties and things of that nature.
0: Uh, what
1: I like about- to think of it is, it's always feeling you know happy and joyful, knowing that you'll you'll have more than enough. If it's not for you know, if it's not coming in this way, it may come in another way. So, expecting to have that money to pay your bills and to be open to multiple ways of receiving it. Sometimes it comes as a discount. Sometimes mm-hmm. it comes as a gift. You don't have to earn all the money. That, that's a big key to this. And it's really about prosperity. It's more than about money. Money is one aspect of it. It's about overall overall well being. So Richard, when you switched your money vibe, what changed?
0: What changed was a lack of fear when I was getting close to zero in my bank account. And I still Mm -hmm. knew that I had other transactions that were going to go through auto pays. And I had set those up intentionally because I didn't want to miss a payment because I have so many different, I call them vendors. Sure. Okay. So the anxiety and the fear just, it it, it went. Um, Now... I still do my part uh, when I get close like that to try to make some adjustments and I even, Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll talk about this too, our intuition. Um, I was being prompted to do something that I was totally against the practical me that says this is how I'm going to do this and I'm not going to create more of a, a uh, a uh, 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 a hill to climb by doing this and my prompting was saying do this that which goes against and I, I thought about it thought about it thought about it I finally did it and when I did it the end result was that if I hadn't done it it would have been even worse Wow so
1: it sounds like your intuition kicked in yeah oh and you time. paid attention to it which yes. is huge yes Huge. Yeah. It's really listening to our inner self. That's where the answers are. So letting go of the fear and and cultivating a belief that you're okay, that you'll always have enough, that you'll be well cared for is a a huge one. Also, many of us have a, well, we all have, a say, a money ceiling. Mm -hmm. The amount of money that you'll allow your bank account to have. And once you reach that, it starts going down again. And that's why it's up.
2: Yeah, that's why the uh, people lose the money when they win it in the lottery. Mm. It exceeded their money ceiling.
1: Ah. So what you can do is practice raising that money ceiling. Mm -hmm. Be comfortable with having more. You know, double it
0: and then triple it. Let me see if I can find this. I've been I've been play with it coming Uh in. I've been carrying this, and I'll show it to you here in a few moments. Uh, But I've been carrying with me a check that I wrote to myself. Now. Is it a real check? Uh, no, I, it's non-negotiable. Okay, <laughs> uh, but it's still something I did, and this was back shortly before we, uh, shortly after we moved here, uh-huh. and I, I, I have it right here. There it is, uh, and it's, it's small. Okay, but I will show this to you and our YouTube viewers. I don't know if you can see uh, the amount on that. Five million dollars. Five million dollars.
1: Yes. Okay. Awesome.
0: I've been carrying mm-hmm. yeah. this with me, well, let's see, I think there's a date, yeah, since 2007. Okay, no, so, oh, November. so maybe
1: think of it as it's non-negotiable, that $5 million is going to come to you.
0: Eleven twenty-four 24 $5 million to both myself and, uh, and to my wife, I signed it. Actually, it does have all of the codes at the bottom there. And actually, I don't think it matters how large or small the piece of paper is, uh, right. You know, it's just, is there an account that you can uh, deduct that or de- <laughs> uh, to, to withdraw that from? There's a story I want to share with you two ladies that I would like your opinion on that. I don't know if it's a good story uh, or a bad story in the sense that it, it blocks us. Okay. It limits us. Before I tell you that story, I want to remind our listeners, this is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are talking with two lovely ladies who are sharing a great, great story. We have uh, Madeline Gerwick as well as uh, uh, Margaret, um, and I've got to get your last name here. Where did I just see your last name? Oh, Donahue. I beg your pardon. Oh, yeah. Donahue. I should know that. We're from Phil. I don't know if you're related <laughs> or not. Uh, uh, Madeline Donahue, um, um, Margaret Donahue goes by Peggy and then uh, uh, Madeline uh, Gerwick. And we're talking about these different principles, what the bottom line for attracting money is It's energy. That's what we're talking about. And I do want to remind our listeners that we are here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. We are streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. Podcasts are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and other locations. We're also, as I have already mentioned, we're on YouTube where you can watch us converse and interact. And, uh, you know, it's not quite the same as being in person. Uh, Some situations, just uh, whether there's a pandemic or not, just don't work out. But when we (laughs) are able to have folks in studio again, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, We also encourage you to participate in the year, the decade, actually, the decade of perfect vision. Uh, And it is where we want you, as we just alluded to, as uh, Madeline and I were just chatting about our intuition, how important it is, we want you to spend time going within. Spend time listening to that still, small voice. In my case, it didn't put me in harm's way, it actually made things better than they could have been if I hadn't listened and followed the promptings. But it also allows me a time to be in that calm, peaceful, quiet place where I can just relax and rejuvenate, refocus my energy, and then we can, then we can move on into the day. And if you'd like to support us financially, speaking of money, we do have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours, any amount is greatly appreciated. The larger, the better. But you know what? Uh, We just would like for you to participate in what we're doing here. If you if this resonates with you, you know, we want you to be a part of this. If this resonates with you. Now, ladies, I grew up in broadcasting uh, for 15 years at a Christian radio station where I was constantly hearing without your support, we'll go off the air, please. (laughs) No, not here. Not here. No way. I would never put that on anybody. I chose to do this program. And as long as I'm able to do it, I'm going to do it. If folks would like to be a part of it, I, I thank you, thank you, thank you for those who have helped. Uh, so um, and thank you, thank you, thank you to those who who will down the road help. So uh, that's that's kind of my perspective. The story I want to share with you is very br- I'll keep it brief because I would like both. I, and I'll start with you, Madeline, and we'll go to you, Peggy, afterwards. Mm-hmm. The story goes like this. Two gentlemen. Uh, they get together quite frequently. to To they're good friends. Uh, hard for me to believe that I can actually say that I have a friend who I've known for 50 years. I mean, I'm I'm 61. Okay, and I've known this guy since since sixth grade, and we still communicate. We have a great time on the phone now. He still lives back in Phoenix, my hometown. And so these two guys they get together every so often for a meal. And one day they get together for breakfast, and at the end of the meal, the bill comes and the guy looks at it, pulls, uh, reaches in his pocket, and pulls out the exact amount plus gratuity. And they go off. And they get together a few days later for lunch. And the bill comes, and the same guy pulls out of his pocket the exact amount plus gratuity for the, the, the bill, for the meal. So now they're at dinner a few weeks later, and the bill comes, and the same thing happens. Pulls out exactly the amount that he needed for that bill plus gratuity and his friend is a little flabbergasted how is it that every time we go out you have exactly how much you need to to pay the bill and by the way thank you so much for paying the bill and the guy <laughs> says well let me tell you i i found this um, this bottle and i rubbed on it and this genie came out and he gave me one wish he says you get one wish okay He says and I, I says, Well, can I think about it uh, uh, for a day or two? He says, Absolutely, but you only get one wish. And I, the guy could have wished for a million dollars, 10 million, yes. a billion, a trillion, whatever. Could have wished for all kinds of things in a package deal kind of deal. He came back to the genie a few days later and he says, This is what I wish for. I wish to have exactly what I need whenever I need it to make the purchases that I need to make. Mm-hmm. Your wish is granted and that is how he is able to do that now that means that on the one hand he does not have a bulbous bank account with five or six or seven or eight digits in it because every time he goes to make a purchase the money is there Mm -hmm. is that a good story of abundance and prosperity or Or not because he doesn't have those reserves yet at the same time he has access to that abundance
2: he has a special account with the (laughs) universe (laughs) okay (laughs) And, and and actually everyone actually has that special account with the universe but most people don't access it so yeah it is actually a good story because what he has done is arranged that he always has his needs and wants met. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you want. You want all of your needs and wants to be met when you want them. <laughs> you don't, you don't necessarily need 10 million in the bank because what's it doing for you?
0: See, it, those are his reserves. Yeah. He does have reserves. Yeah. Yeah. Now would you, I, I've, I've made this comparison a number of times, but. I'm hoping that I'm not being cruel. Those people who have those huge reserves, okay, who are basically holding on to it. There are television programs that focus on people who hold on to stuff and they're called hoarders. Mm -hmm. Would you put these people at one level in that category of being a hoarder? Of money, well,
2: it depends on what they're doing with it. If well, they're let's say they're not it, doing anything with it, they're not doing anything with it.
0: Well, really? then
2: it's not working. You yeah. see, it's not it's not bringing them anything. It's not circulating. So, if your money isn't circulating in some way, whether you're investing it or you're circulating it by purchasing something, then it's actually not working for you. Mm-hmm. It, it's not actually that that is similar to stuck energy in, in that sense, you see, because it's just yeah. it's just sitting there. It's not actually creating for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, but, but also it may appear on the surface that they're not doing anything. I mean, that's our judgment mm. that yeah. they're not doing anything. Mm. But it they may really be doing a lot of things behind the scenes with it that um, the average person is not aware of.
0: Yeah, uh, so they may see. be
1: putting their money to work and they may be growing it and may have you know plans for it for it, but it, but it is about keeping it in circulation putting it out and having more come back to you
0: let's talk about the, the energy flow okay I've heard I've heard it compared uh, to water in pipe water in a pipe and in a house and you talked about this earlier about make sure there are no leaks and right. and so on and so forth right the water coming in, is the income, so to speak, all right? Not Mm -hmm. specifically that, it could be just, you can call it prosperity or abundance. And as long as you don't have any leaks and it's going elsewhere that you don't want it to go, uh, then you've got that coming in. But you also have to have open piping and drains for the Mm outgo,
1: all right?
0: And anytime you have a blockage, somehow you have, uh, there's an interference in the flow. That's exactly right. Anytime I come home, (laughs) Even if it's just a backed-up toilet that only needs a little plunging, I do it right away, Be- because of the the symbology there, the metaphor.
1: Right, and there's also symbology. It relates to toilets to always keep the lid down, you know, when it's not in use, because that is um, the 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 flow of the water. It's a plunge down, mm-hmm. and and you want to. Um, well, stop we have that. A, a more practical reason. That. We
0: have animals, cats and dogs. And we don't want them yeah. drinking out of the toilet. There you right. go. So or there, there are practical for that reasons for it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. But
1: but plumbing is is a big aspect. You know, to to make sure that your plumbing is is working correctly, yeah. and to correct those drips and
0: leaks because about, that is like money leaking yeah. out the drain. Yeah. How about the electrical system? You've got electricity flowing through the house. I mean, there is. Oh, okay we're talking about money about as electric. energy. Yes.
1: Same thing. You want your electric working as well, you know, so that things aren't Mm short-circuited or or coming to an end or a halt. You want all the systems in your house working. You Mm -hmm. really do. And if you're not in a position to get something fixed, what I say is put it on a list rather Mm -hmm. than sit there and say, Oh my gosh, I can't afford it. I don't have the money to do it. I can't do it. Put it on the list, the to-do list that it will get done because that's all, Putting the intention forward and it's keeping it in motion versus bring it to a halt. Yeah,
0: I I know that I've had some very <clears throat> uh, uh, malefic I'll call it uh, thoughts in regards to perspectives on money, but and, and I think this comes from my own ego and judgment because there are these two what I perceive diametrically diametrically opposed concepts. You have, on the one hand, the immigrants who came here in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, and the words on their lips were, this is the land of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And many of the small businesses that were started in the early part of the last century have become major, uh, major global corporations from that little beginning back in the late 18th and early 1900s and then there's the other side of the coin that we see in this country today um, where um, the government says uh... you can make up to this much but you make more than that and we're going to take a bunch from you and it's like so then what's the point what's the point of 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 trying to to uh... uh... uh quote unquote accumulate wealth okay and so on and so forth And. As a matter of fact, what just hit me, and I want your tug. Uh, I want your tug on this one, uh, Peggy. Is that um, maybe that's the wrong focus? Maybe that's the wrong focus for an individual mm-hmm. who says, on the one hand, it's a land of opportunity. On the other hand, if I take advantage of the opportunity, I could make millions of dollars, but I won't get to keep it. So, so that is one focus,
1: yeah. but that's, I would say that's a downward spiral. Yeah. Okay. The upward spiral is the more I have, yes, I get to share some with the government but, and that's okay, but, and I'll make more. Yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah. is that to not okay really, with that, but that's not really the point. I mean, yes, the Bible even says, render under Caesar what is Caesar and under God, what is God's. Okay. Some will interpret that as tithing and that's fine too, uh, but that isn't really the point of our being here, is it? To make money. I mean, we, we're created to make money. The point
1: of being, well, I think the point of being here is to, um, to be happy, to live a life in joy. And so money helps you to do things. And it also helps you to help other people. If you want to be in a position to help other people, it helps to have the means to do that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You
1: can't, you know, it's hard to help somebody if you're really poor. It's much easier to help them if you have some means to mm-hmm. do that. And to share. And the more you do that, the more, um, you know, good deeds, they come back to you in many different ways.
0: Is there such a thing? I want to go to you next, Madeline. But first, Peggy, let me I may ask you this about feng shui in a room or a building mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. a street, for that matter. Is there such thing as feng shui in let's, one's wallet? <laughs> well <laughs> the feng shui and
1: wallet it's a uh, feng shui is all about the energy okay. so um so if you think of that the energy and it, it depends on how you feel about your wallet is your wallet serving you is it is it you know does it always have enough money in there yeah. you know for you when you need it or are you feeling like it's empty yeah all the time that it, it it's, it's or, a black hole or whatever is in there it's always going out it's yeah. one or, more thing madeline or when you look at it
2: do you feel happy that your wallet yeah. is beautiful
1: uh, yeah
2: or yeah. does it look like it needs to be replaced
1: <laughs> right so have have a wallet that good feels point. good and and works for you it's all about the energy so you you've um, can feng shui your house every room in your house your office we look at the feng shui if you land it's all about the the chi flow and all about the the energy behind it you can feng shui look at your desk and we lay the bagua on the desk so your desk has a prosperity corner, it's the back left from how you sit at it. So you could place something there that reminds you of prosperity. Um, I like to have a treasure box. Actually, I have one of my favorite gifts in. It's a box that one of my brothers gave to me um, years ago when he was in the Mideast and it's inlaid and it, it came to me and he sent it with gold, frankincense and myrrh. And that was like, oh my gosh. And that's what I keep in the prosperity corner of my desk. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was just such a fabulous
0: gift. Money is is. an energy game here on Tell Me Your Story. I am Richard Dugan, and I have been joined here on the program uh, by two lovely ladies who provide, I think, a great resource for you. Margaret Donahue and Madeline Gerwick, I want to thank you two for being with us here on the program. I've got more questions for you here. Just want to remind our listeners, this is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Some of those choices you've heard of before, probably. I never thought to incorporate them. Other choices you've never heard of before and need an explanation. And that's one of the reasons why we're here talking to you about a Book of the Year award winner uh, for a Visionary. It's a Visionary Award from the Coalition of Visionary Resources, Triple uh, W. Why? I, I never I haven't done that in years. Uh, C O V R dot org is the website where that is uh, located. But you can also go to their website. Your website is uh, uh, money is an dot com? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be linked to that, by the way. We're going to make sure, and it's going to be here on the screen for those people who are watching on YouTube uh, to be able to uh, uh, go there, find out more about the two of you, find out about the work that you're doing, and also find out how they can have a more abundant and prosperous life. One of the experiences that I had early on in my broadcast career had to do with being an operations manager for... Uh, the first station that I uh, was the operations manager for was a Christian radio station. Uh, money was talked about a lot. Uh, <laughs> cast your bread upon the water, you know, all of that. And, and, uh, and render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and da 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 But one of the things that behind the scenes that I thought was so fascinating was that, uh, yeah, we didn't pay a lot. I mean, the minimum wage. It, when I started there in 1981, it was 3 dollars an hour. All right, three sixty-five oh, wow. an hour. Okay, I was twenty-one.
1: So that was when nineteen eighty-one. Nineteen eighty-one. And and today the minimum wage is still what seven dollars? No, something I think it's
0: fast approaching. It a lot of places, if not nationally, they're trying to get it to fifteen dollars an hour. Yes, which would be great. But in my state, but I think it's still in the seven dollar range. I, okay, I would yeah. agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. So, but when I left, fifteen years later, when I left, I was making a whopping. $7.35 an hour. <laughs> Double. In 15 years, my salary, my oh hourly my sal- uh, w- hourly wage doubled. But the point I want to get to is when I was hiring people, and I would give them the job description, and they'd say, okay, and this is what you're going to get paid. Well, okay. And as time went on, okay, we worked out at the transmitter site where we did not have a cleaning service. We were the cleaning mm. service. And... Um, I had to go in every so often and clean the bathroom, uh, and uh, I had to have them do it too. We worked eight-hour shifts back then, so when we got to the point where I, I I needed them to clean the bathroom, the toilet, and the sink, and the whole bit, that oh, you guys don't pay me enough to do that. And I said, "Excuse me, but that was in the job description when you were hired. Okay, you agreed to do that." Now, I could have gone down that road saying, God, 375 an hour, 3, you know, uh, come on. this is They don't pay me that much, so I tell you what, I'm going to take this and I'm going to take that and I'm, you know, I'm going to pilfer. Now, there was a story on the, at that time, uh, ABC Radio News about Motorola. Uh, this was probably 1987, 88, maybe 89. And I, I will never forget this story. Motorola was laying off about 1,000 people. The explanation was at this particular plant that a million, nearly a million dollars worth of materials was missing.
2: <gasps>
0: wow. Odds are because it was being pilfered by employees who didn't think they were being paid enough. Now, uh. I was given the opportunity to start doing interviews, and they would air. I'd record them on cassette. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they would be played at 7 and 7.30 in the evening during the week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I began to think about compensation. Uh, I began to think about uh, the uh, uh, exchange, universal law of exchange. And mm-hmm. I began to realize that I wasn't getting it in my paycheck. And I could have said, now, man, that's just not right. I'm not going to do this. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. But I looked at it from a different perspective. And that perspective was, I am getting the interview I'm getting the experience I'm getting the materials I'm getting the contact yep. Uh, yep. I'm getting the training if you will and that was my compensation
1: mm-hmm. that's right you look at it as an exchange yeah. and for you that was a good exchange you've ever you, I'm sure
0: the two of you have heard of the law of diminishing returns so
1: yes <laughs> I
2: had an, I had an yeah it's a big economic uh, story uh, yeah. behind
0: that yes yeah. my boss at that station that was one he lived by. Don't put out more than you think you're going to get back. And we had a client, we had a programmer who came on board, signed the contract, paid the first couple of weeks, and then had this project that he wanted us to do. And I said, yeah, I think we can do this. I did the project, took a while to figure it out, but I, I did it. <clears throat> and uh, two weeks after that, he quit as a programmer. And that's why my boss was upset, because we, all this effort we put into this and And my thought was, well, no, wait a minute. He may have quit after, say, four weeks, but he left here with a good taste in his mouth, knowing that if he referred other people to the station, hey, that might help us. Um, This is part of changing one's vibe, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It sure It sure is. Let's talk about one of the other aspects of money is... An energy game, and it is, folks, it really is, because it doesn't matter whether you've got uh, dollar bills with, uh, you know, uh, pieces of paper with dead presidents in your pocket, <laughs> <laughs> or coins, for that matter. Um, we need to learn, We need to, uh, and this is all, what we've been talking about also has to do with uh, releasing blockages to success, uh, learning the secrets of subtle energy at work. Subtle energy, talk to us about that. Uh, let's start with you, uh, uh, Adeline. Uh, Madeline, Madeline. <laughs> yes oh my goodness I'm sorry Madeline Thomas tell, tell us a little bit more about this aspect
2: okay so there's actually a quite a bit of science behind what we teach so even uh, Bruce Lipton figured out the exact way that a thought becomes an energy in your body and actually changes your body at the cellular level. And so, your belief, he, he actually showed, in fact, the name of his book, his first book was The Biology of Belief. And it actually showed the way, the subtle energies behind how things translate from a thought into reality. And so, there are actually a number of different ways that we're choosing whatever we create. Mm -hmm. And we're not often aware that we're creating. When we tell a story, we don't realize that we're creating more experiences of that nature. But that's what we're doing. We're telling the universe, the universe hears that story, we're telling it to a friend, but the universe hears that story and says, oh, Richard wants more of X, Y, Z. He's telling this story, so that's what he wants. He wants more of X, Y, Z, whatever that story was about. And when you're choosing words that are negative, judgmental, critical, things that are swear words or negative uh, words, the universe is just sending you more negative experiences that match that energy. And there's other ways in which you're choosing how you take care of yourself that are impacting your money as well. So if you get enough sleep, for example, or if you eat food that energizes you, or if you get exercise, that's another way to energize yourself and move energy. Or if you're having conversations that are supportive versus challenging, or if you're, in a situation where you're hearing a lot of negative news or the reading material or what you're watching on the internet is negative, that can bring your money vibe down, you see, because it instills fear and anxiety. And if you had no spiritual practices, that might lower your energy as well. So there are a lot of different ways that you're your, the subtle energies are created by choices that we may not connect to money, but they're all impacting your money. And
1: hmm. these subtle energies also can get encoded in yourselves and, and stuck in cells, such right. as your beliefs. And, you, yeah. and many of your beliefs come from your family, from your parents and your grandparents. So if you think about uh, the stories that you were raised with and how members of your family related to money. Did they struggle? Did it come easy to them? This all gets encoded. And so I um, do a service called Emotional Freedom and Healing. It's um, a meridian tapping exercise. And in the book, we have a link to a recording. If you have the Kindle version, you just click on it. If you have the paper version, you type it into your browser. But it's about a 45-minute session where you can tap away um, blockages to money that are encoded in your body, and then you can also um, customize it for yourself, or you can work with me, and I can customize it for any other beliefs that you have. Mm. Well, for I patterns, fact, it, go ahead. It, it'll, re- yeah. it'll
2: release negative patterns that you have related yeah. to money. Mm. Yeah, you know, some people are great at attracting money, and then they get rid of it.
0: Mm. Right. Yeah, you've heard of the rags to riches to rags.
2: Absolutely. Type of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And a big part of it is people feeling that they don't deserve to have money. Why do I, why should I have money when there are so many people who are poor out there who need it more than I do?
0: Yeah.
1: It's a very common belief.
0: And yet you hear these wonderful stories sometimes throughout the year, but primarily around the the Christmas holidays, where there's this one guy who, and I'm not even sure which state it's in, and he may be going from one state to the next, and he's anonymous. He does not want, I mean, he's covered by the news but he makes sure that he is not identified. And he goes into stores and he hands out hundred dollar bills or more yeah. to individuals wow. he sees. Isn't that
1: incredible?
2: Yeah. yeah. There's too, a yeah. Santa Claus for you. Yeah. And
0: I mean that's <laughs> And wonderful. there are
1: stories of how sometimes people have gone into Walmart and, you know, they've stuck like 100 dollars in and, and by the baby section where, you know, people who who really, really need it and yeah. come and then, you know, they might stand by and just anonymously watch the reaction and they gain a lot of satisfaction from that just helping people out of the goodness of their heart.
0: I know too and I'd love to have your both of your con- con- uh, comments on this uh, Peggy you first and that has to do with just making subtle changes in our lives and sometimes the smallest change can evoke some of the biggest shifts in our lives and we don't even sometimes we don't even realize it.
1: That's absolutely true. And I highly encourage everybody to do that. Just uh, do something a little bit better today than maybe yesterday. Have an, um, one extra positive thought. There's a, a concept of um, the tipping point and Barbara Fredrickson has written this about this in her book, Positivity. And the tipping point is three to one, to have three times as many positive experiences as negative ones. It's not about get, doing away with all negativity because that's, that's just not r- real. I mean, we, we <laughs> are human and things go up and down, but strive to have three times as many good experiences as um, difficult
0: ones or challenging ones or troubling ones. Yeah. Isn't that more a, a matter of perception on our part as to whether it is a positive? Because, a matter of fact, what was just running through my mind as you said that was, I'm driving. And all of a sudden, somebody jumps out in front of me, and I see them over there, and I get this feeling—my intuition—they're going to jump out, and so I automatically I slow down, and they jump out, and there's there's no problem. I mean, and I don't honk my horn. That's right. That's okay? perspective. I don't so, honk so, my horn. Yeah.
1: That's right. So changing your perspective. Yeah. So you know, not letting those things bother you. Yeah. I mean, that that is huge, right there. Yeah. Hmm. So do something to be happy every day. Yeah. You know, cultivate your own joy and happiness because ultimately, the answers are within ourselves. And all of this is is about ourselves. It's not about other people, mm-hmm. but other people show up in your lives because they're they're showing you where you have some growth um, to do, or where you can um, make changes.
2: They're they're showing you what your energy is. Yes. <laughs> oh, the they energy are, is they are
0: showing you your out, energy. Right? Yes, is is that I sort have, of. Uh, the ultimate, so to speak, the ultimate law of attraction.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And I, I say that the answer is always on our, the work is always on ourselves and the answers yeah. are always within. but other
0: people on the outside can show you. Right. Peggy Donahue is uh, my guest along with uh, Madeline Gerwick. And uh, I want to uh, remind our listeners, this is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're talking about money is an energy game. Get plugged in, okay? Because um, there is absolutely no reason why, and correct me if I'm wrong, ladies, uh, we can't In a manner of speaking, we can't have it all. Uh, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, whoever has the most toys wins. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) But that there is more than enough of everything because not everybody wants the same thing. That is exactly true.
2: Right. right. And, And one of the things that is not widely understood is that everything is made of energy. And there's more than enough energy in the universe for everyone to be extremely prosperous. So it's not about a zero-sum game. That is a mistaken idea. We're always spiraling up. If you if you look at the economy, the economy is not what it was 20 years ago or 50 years ago. It's not a zero-sum game. And so... You want Everybody to, can win, really. Yes, everyone can become prosperous. It's more a matter of our thinking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? And so, and what we expect, and we're always creating what we expect. And so, stop expecting that it's always something. Or that's
1: right. You don't have to lose in order for me to win, or right. for right. me to do better. We can all do better together.
2: Right?
0: Do you think that that uh, under our present how do I put this? our, our present national attitude? Okay. Uh, that, uh, that's, that's a message that is slowly, uh, sort of inculcating into society or is there, is the national attitude such that no, uh, it's somebody else's fault that I am the way that I am. Now I did that. When I was 19 years old, I blamed the state of Arizona for labeling me legally blind. And so then I applied for uh, disability uh, under Social Security, and I got it for a short period of time. And it was then that I finally got to the point where I realized, you know what? This ain't on them. This is on me. And it's only a limitation if I believe it is, and that's when I really adopted the concept of perceived limitations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes, I have a daughter who got brain damage from heart surgery when she was 16. Mm -hmm. And I worked very hard to make sure she did not feel sorry for herself. And so she doesn't see herself as disabled. And she's able to do everything that she needs to do. She cooks and cleans and takes Mm -hmm. care of the cats and does all the things that, you know, a normal person would do, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it is, it's about perceived limitation. And she Mm -hmm. doesn't see herself as disabled. It's, it's a, it's a perception issue more than anything uh, as to whether or not we see something as a limitation or an opportunity.
1: That's exactly right. And I think it's about doing the most you can with what you have. Yes. Yes.
0: And we don't realize how much we really have. We have a lot. We have a lot. Yeah. 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 One of the other points uh, is uh, creating with trust. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I know what that means, but I think you better explain it just in case I don't have the right definition.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, That goes back to the concept of knowing you'll always have enough. Knowing like when, you know, giving thanks that, okay, I'm so glad I have the four hundred dollars to pay this bill this month. Sending that out versus, oh, my gosh, how am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to make my mortgage? Because it, when we're thinking that way, you're constricting your energy, and it's what I call a spiral down, and it, it shuts down. But you want to keep that funnel open. Yeah. And
2: if you if you don't trust that the universe, God, goddess, cosmic source, whatever word you like to use is you know there to assist you at all times, then it – That means that you are the only one that you can count on to solve all your problems and and pay all your bills and so forth. It's much, much easier to create when you have the assistance of the universe in your back pocket.
1: And Madeline, you have a great story that that you share about um, how some magic money came to you in a a time (laughs) of dire need. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
2: My ex-husband had cancer. And he was getting chemo every week. And it was costing $7,000 each time. And mm-hmm. the insurance would pay 1000 each time. Oh. So we were accumulating a debt of $6,000 each week. Mm. And so <clears throat> I started thinking about how I could get this money in. And the, the town had a little ducky race down the river with little rubber duckies. Oh yes. <laughs> And I could have won $50,000 if a certain arrangement had occurred. And so I started thanking the universe every day for bringing me in this $50,000 from this race. And, of course, I entered the race. I bought ducky tickets and all of that. And Fourth of July came, and the ducky race happened, and I didn't win. And I was like, oh, man, I was so sure I was going to win. I felt positive I was getting this money. And the next day, we went to the clinic, and they announced to us that they had gotten us sixty thousand dollars to from the manufacturer of the chemo. So, see, I brought the money in in a way that I didn't anticipate. I didn't even know that opportunity was available to me, but it came in because I was bringing in that money. You see, and so that's why. it's important to have trust. If you don't have trust, you're in the, oh, woe is me routine, right? right?
1: (laughs) And you also have to take inspired action. You just can't, you know, say, okay, I'm right. I know it's going to come and then not do anything. See, Madeline was always, you know, she kept on this. kept working on it every day. Kept working on (laughs) it, kept going to the clinic, kept accumulating the debt. And, you know, somehow this is going to work out.
0: You know, uh, you you bring up the word that comes to my mind is expectations. Mm -hmm. We need to let go of expectations. Um, I've talked to so many people as well as myself reminding (laughs) myself that there is always an exchange. It may not appear the way you'd like it. it, Why isn't it showing up in my paycheck? Because that isn't the way that it will show up necessarily. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's yeah. right, and and I like to use um, this concept
1: of there's a prayer of leading. It says, if this is for me, expand it. If not, take it away. That's a very quick way of sorting through some options.
0: Wow, you know, to
1: be open. If this is for me, expand it. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm meant to do this, you know, send me the means to do this. If yeah. not,
0: take it away. That's a very effective
2: else. tool. Yes. <laughs> very do you, effective.
0: Do you think that um, when we are in a situation where, we, you know, we're kind of trying to do all of the right things in that regard, as we've talked about in the program, and things still aren't flowing, and we're doing the best to maybe uh, uh, talk to ourselves in a complimentary way and not being self-deprecating in that regard, uh, and yet things are still not happening, that the universe is, is not so much not there for us as much as it's helping us to learn a particular lesson, hmm okay
2: that's always a possibility but you may also be blocking it in ways that you're unaware of that's, that's
0: what i was saying. okay there and you go and all right so
2: you know in that situation i would recommend that you do pegs release the emotional freedom and healing release for prosperity that uh, we provide free with the book and actually on polaris on my site we actually provide that that's Specific release yeah. for twenty five dollars, <laughs> so you so know it's like getting colors, the book for free. <laughs> yeah, it's like getting the book for free. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. So, well, yeah, well, a I, lot of
2: times it's that,
0: right? So you have the the website, which is uh, Polaris. Uh,
2: well, my website, my personal website, is Polaris Business Guides.
0: Now, can folks get to either of your, because you you each have your own websites, can they get there through moneyisanenergygame.com?
2: Uh, perhaps under our. <laughs> that's authors, <a> good question. <laughs> I don't. Know. Perhaps under our author uh, descriptions, they will be.
0: That's for sure. <laughs> well, good because I want people to be able to get through to the two of you. Uh, if uh, what you either either of you is saying resonates with someone, and say, "Well, I'd like to get in touch with Peg because." You know, I really need to do a major uh, renovation mentally. Uh, so it's in a feng shui sort of way. Or Absolutely. I need to get a hold of Madeline to to maybe get a reading in that respect. And to right. to that end, to that end. Uh, so in
1: our author bios, I'm. I'm um, almost certain that we have links to our um, personal website. Excellent. But Excellent. if not, we'll
0: make sure that that yeah. um,
1: absolutely
0: Fantastic. matter of fact, I think I was scrolling through there uh, on uh, uh, moneyisanenergygame.com, uh, and I do believe I saw the links there. There were several yeah. different links uh, that yeah. folks can find out more. I want to ask you here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, um, how you, Peggy Donahue, Uh, became interested in feng shui?
1: Well, I think I have always had aspects of this in me. Um, Prior to doing this, I had a corporate job, and I did that for over 21 years. But in in that space, it was always important to me, and I, I was in a management position, that our areas were really neat and clean. And eventually, it became a corporate requirement. Neatness became a corporate standard when we went through quality programs, say in the 1980s. I also grew up in a family of um, nine kids. And so think of loving people in house <laughs> together and a lot of chaos. I was the one often that did the, the cleaning or put the laundry away because it was important to me um, to have a very nice, neat, orderly space same thing in um, a room that i shared with my sister i was always putting her things away uh, because i would put mine away but i needed it to be neat and orderly and, and tidy and and now i know that uh, when i learned feng shui that there's a whole language behind it and you know to me it was it has always been intuitive when i was in a corporate environment every week i would bring myself in a um, bouquet of fresh flowers people would want to know what's the occasion I'm just celebrating me it's you know it just makes my <laughs> office feel good and it was always important to have um, nice office space and to um, keep it in great shape um, to have it feel good that's really what the the chi is it it's a good feeling I didn't know at the time that there was a language for that so when I left my corporate job I was just going to take six months off and get another job I happened to be the breadwinner in our family my husband was a full-time dad and I, um, when I was taking the six months off, I dove into some of my favorite subjects and I did a very deep study on metaphysics and I just kept going and going and it's been over 21 years now. <laughs> so I, I never really went back and got another job. Instead, I went and I got three feng shui um, certificates through um, different programs I have studied this um, really for years. I went deep into energy, deep into intuition. It's really just been a passion, and then I also made it my livelihood because it is—it's amazing.
0: Mm Hmm. I consider myself—I consider myself a metaphysician, and I'm curious as to what one of the greatest things that you have learned in your for your life uh, through the metaphysical study.
1: The answer is always on ourselves. The work is always on ourselves. And the answer is within. Yeah. Hmm. It's not about other people. It's about it's about our own journey through life. And I think our lives are about expanding our soul. Mm-hmm. And and learning as long as we're living there's work to do. And but work work has such a negative connotation. <laughs> and it's our livelihood, we should be um, doing work that we really love and we really enjoy.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. And I think that I am one of those few, uh, at least I think it's few, I'd love to hear that it's more than a few uh, who, for the most part, hasn't worked a day in his life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And I think more and more people are finding that. A little bit earlier, you asked about things changing. And and I want to say, yes, I think things are changing in our greater society. I I see it with the millennial generation that more and more of them are taking on work that they love to do. Mm -hmm. They are opening companies and businesses with sustainability in mind. They're doing it very consciously and they're making money at it. So they're making money in a good way. Mm-hmm. I think no. that is driving a shift. There's a movement out there for um, good news. It's a good news network. It's been out there over 20 years when I introduce people to it today. I never knew that was out there. So, <laughs> and I always say, whoever decided that the news is, is all the bad stuff, why does the soft stuff get, you know, maligned? You know, yeah. as, as it's um, not, we shouldn't focus on that. We should, if we focus on the good stuff, we're going to see more and more evidence of, of it every day.
0: Well, I I believe that during the uh, during the twenty uh, the year 2020, which at that time was the year of perfect vision, where we encourage people to go within, trust their <laughs> <you> intuition. <laughs> that <laughs> uh, <That's> that <laughs> uh, I absolutely always believed that the positive stories, the warm and fuzzy stories, the Uh, Oh, there was actually a name for them and feel good stories, feel good stories. Uh, I always believed that they would sell and they did, especially the further we moved into 2020, Uh, not only because of a lot of the negative news about the pandemic, but because of the election, because of this and that and the other thing. And and I thought, come on, I don't want to hear any more of this stuff. Matter of fact, Mm -hmm. somebody (laughs) asked me today, the day of our conversation about when, uh, uh, if if there were going to be programmers that are going to want to come back into the studio. And I keep getting that. I've had that question asked to me over and over again over the past 14 months. And I kind of snapped at first, I snapped at the guy, because I was so irritated by the question. I was like, enough already, and I don't want to hear any more complaining. And yet here I am complaining about the complainers. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a rather—it's just kind of. At least you recognize it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I do recognize it, and I'm trying not to do that. And saying, "Look, they have—they're entitled to their opinion," and I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay, Um, but it's like, come on, people, get a grip here. You know, it's not permanent. (laughs) All of this is temporary. That to me seems like another point to be made here about our financial or monetary or prosperous or abundance perspective and position is that it's all temporary. It's not permanent.
1: That's absolutely right. And it can change at any time. So that if you are you're struggling, you can make changes that will make it easier for you. And if you're riding high on top, it can change as well so the work is always on oneself to yeah. you keep cultivating our own chi our own energy and to go out and good do, do good deeds and help other people and that comes back to us multifold
2: and one thing that is commonly not understood is that people who have a lot of money are often in fear of losing it yeah and so that is also a scarcity mentality whether it's if you're afraid of losing it, that's that's the same fear of not having enough. Mm-hmm. It's just the opposite side of it. And so it's it's prosperity, true prosperity is not having a fear. It's it's understanding that the universe is there to support you and provide you with a special pocket of resources anytime you need it or want it. Right. And it's
1: back to your story about always having enough <laughs> always having
2: enough yes exactly and 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 so having this fear of losing it is is similar it's the same scarcity mindset rather than seeing the universe as abundant and living in the abundant universe they're still focused on this zero-sum game yeah. of, of, of scarcity so we we don't want to just suggest that people who have a lot of money are out of that mode because a lot of them are still in
0: it. Yeah. Now, Madeline, if you thought I forgot about this question that I asked Peggy, I'm going to ask it of you now. I didn't forget. We just kind of went and that's the way this program Uh, goes. Look, the universe asks the questions i'm just long for the ride okay i'm just long for the ride i having a lot of fun riding i keep my arms and legs in the vehicle at all times until it comes to a full and complete stop and it's racing along right now madeline what is it about astrology that has so intrigued you that you've made this a part of i want to say what your business model if you will maybe mm-hmm. of your life
2: yes okay now a very long time ago when I was quite young and and waiting tables in a restaurant uh some guy came in and he he probably watched me for 10 minutes and he says I bet you're a Virgo well it turns out I am a Virgo my son's in Virgo and actually Peg is a Virgo too (laughs) and that's why we both like neatness and tidiness (laughs) but so of course this guy was trying to pick me up for a date and I I took the bait and I went out on a date with this guy and he showed me this book called Heaven Knows What by, oh God, what was that guy's name? (laughs) Anyways, Heaven Knows What had a special arrangement. And in the back of the book, you could look up your birthday and have all these paragraphs that you could read about your birthday. Mm. Okay, so I read all these paragraphs about myself and then I looked up every one of my family members. And I just could not believe how accurate it was. It was so accurate, I was dumbfounded because I was studying science. <laughs> and we all know that astrology is not considered scientific. So I, I had to know, how could this possibly work? How could this possibly be so accurate? And so I started studying astrology, and then I started understanding cycles and that they're really energy cycles. And all the energies that we're familiar with are represented by the planets. And it's common to hear, as above, so below. Meaning that the energies that we are able to see from the planets is what we're experiencing here on Earth, because everything is synchronistic in that sense.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Right? And so... So I started, because I got my degree in economics, I started looking at economic cycles. And I discovered that they were far more accurate than anything that we had been taught in college, <laughs> which is a little distressing. But actually, when you really look at economic uh, assumptions, they're not correct. and. Uh, the law of diminishing returns is a great example of that. That that law does not work. <laughs> does not work. Get it, it out of here. Yeah, get it out. <laughs> the idea that you are always maximizing profits, that is BS. <laughs> and I think the guy who finally called it on that one the, the most clearly was saying, well, if we were all going to maximize profits, they would only hire women because they work at 60% of what men make. <laughs> right? uh-huh. And so, do you know, that. And so that was no. the end <laughs> of that one, right? And so That is changing. Yeah, it is. Very changing, good. Yes. 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 But I'm just saying that, you know, the cycles that are shown in <clears throat> by astrology are far more indicative of what's happening in the economy. And that's why I decided to become a business and economic astrologer. And everybody does personal astrology because businesses are made up of people. But I'm just saying there's there's a much different perspective about what's happening in the economy based on the astrology. And, and we're in the middle of a 40 year process of basically economic and social revolution and changing our economy from what we consider to be an Earth economy, something related to agriculture and manufacturing and services and financial products and changing it over to an air economy. So that air economy started December 21st of last year. It's going to last for another 199 years. And so we're just getting started in this new economy, which is related more to technology and to relationships and to data and transportation and a lot of AI, artificial intelligence, things of that sort. So there's a there's a very vast difference between what's going to happen in the future economy versus the old one that we're leaving behind. And we've been transitioning out of that old economy for the last 20 years, and now we're transitioning into the new one for the next 20 years. I so know. when you
1: understand it, it, it
0: makes it much easier to live through these tumultuous times. Right. Yeah. Uh, I know, too, that there are there are people who uh, are uh, extremely resistant, especially when it comes to this issue, for example, <clears throat> of petroleum uh, products and petroleum and gasoline-powered and diesel-powered vehicles and on and on and on. and i I often say, well, do you have any idea how the horse and buggy industry felt when the automobile did come along? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, they felt the same way as you're feeling now, but this is a natural process that mm-hmm. is going to happen. It doesn't have to happen. It's going to happen. You well, and know? it
2: happens over a period of time. Right. It's,
0: it doesn't happen overnight. It yeah. doesn't
2: happen overnight. Yeah. Think about when they gave up horses and buggies. They had to build infrastructure. They had to build roads. They had to have mm-hmm. gasoline stations. Yeah. You see, and they had to build cars. You know? and they, and they so had build all cars. of these things took, you know, 20, yeah. 30 years to really, even longer to, yeah. to get established. You,
0: you know, see. what I find so fascinating is, is the resistance. And, and and of course, you know, the, uh, one gentleman that I interviewed many years ago, he's since passed. His name was Jacques Fresco. He was with the Venus Project out of Florida. And um, he was a futurist, he was a visionary, he was also an architect who designed futuristic cities that were very circular in nature and ah. you lived on the outskirts of this, this this circle and your workplaces were on the inside well guess what we have transformed and more and more people uh, I watched a piece the other day where people are migrating away from the rural or from the uh, urban centers away yeah. to small towns which is unfortunate for the small town because now the small towns are going to become big cities <laughs> but yeah. be that as it may Because they can work anywhere now. They found out that the job they're doing Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be done within close proximity to the brick and mortar. Uh, So uh, now they can pretty much live anywhere they want. And with, for example, this program that I'm doing and the work I do, uh, for the most part, I could do it remotely uh, or, you Mm -hmm. know, what have you. There are certain aspects of it that don't work as well that way. But be that as it may... So that aspect of the way in which we do things has changed. And so the, the, the upsides of the pandemic, which I saw, I didn't see the actual upsides. All I, could, all I knew was I felt inside that there were some unbelievable opportunities mm-hmm. that we didn't even know about. It's like when I talk about choices and knowledge of those choices. Mm-hmm. If you don't know that you have the choice, how can you choose it? So when things change, new opportunities come up that people get very creative. I mean, look at the now, granted, the mask industry is going to take a big plummet here not too long from now. But you know what? I think they'll be very glad to go out of business.
2: Yeah. I want to go back to your point about not being able to choose something if you don't know about the choice. Okay. That is the whole reason why you must trust the universe. Right. Yes. It's the whole reason behind it, you see. We don't know all of our choices, but the universe does know all of the choices, you see. So it's not really important that you know how to get something to happen. That is very unimportant. The only thing that's important is for you to know what you want, what you want to create. And as you create that or as you put out that intention, the universe will start sending you all the things that you need to know in order to create that intention.
1: In fact, in the book, we talk about letting go of the how. Let go of how it's going to happen. Stop trying to force that and focus on the end result. Focus on your vision of what you are creating or what you're bringing in. Yeah. knowing it's going to come in and be open to multiple ways, be curious about how it's going to come in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, you can ask a question. Oh, I wonder, you know, when troubling things are, I wonder what this is about. Yeah. I wonder what this is about yeah. or how is this going to happen?
0: Yeah. But how in, in being open and wide versus being in fear? Mm-hmm. There's in a, wonderful, a wonderful saying that I learned years ago about what you just described. It goes like this. <clears throat> do not do not try to be a part uh do not try to control the process be a part of the process that is huge that's exactly yeah. right
1: now right. The we other, are all part of this process in the universe yeah
0: i even asked it. this question during uh 2020 uh of the of some of my guests i'll ask the two of you to, from your perspectives <clears throat> just your own maybe intuition or just your own experience and wisdom why do you think that humankind, and this is on a metaphysical level, Peggy, <laughs> why do you think that humanity at large, and again, because this was global, chose to do this to itself because we made the choice to do this? Why do you think that is? Was it, was it about evoking change that wouldn't come about any other way? Uh, was it? Uh, I don't know. What What are your thoughts in that regard?
1: Well, my first thought is it's about teaching us that we're all one. That ultimately, what we do to one another, we do to ourselves, mm-hmm. and we are all one. We're one human race, and it's about treating each other and ourselves with kindness and respect and love. It, ultimately, it's about love. Okay. An expansion.
0: M- yeah. Madeline, your thoughts.
2: Well, I I have a particular filter on that because of astrology. And last year, we had five extremely rare cycles. And then some of these cycles had not occurred for 1,200 years, 700 years, 900 and some years. I'm talking very unique and unusual cycles. So the universe was telling us via these very unusual and rare cycles, five of them occurring all in the same year if you had one in a year that would be a lot Mm -hmm. but five of them so so they were telling us that we should be preparing for a, a very major change a very unusual unexpected change and so and we we got that now you can argue it in a lot of ways as to how it happened and why it happened and what the ultimate goal is but if you look at what's going on there's a lot of pushback against whatever has been thrown at us right yeah. there's a lot of pushback and what's the pushback about the pushback is that no we're not going to be your robot or your automaton or whatever yeah. you see uh, we're we're looking for our freedom our liberty and and we expect to, to create a country where we're living with the Constitution of the United States. And yeah. so, you know, there's a, there's a great awakening in terms of people even recognizing that the Constitution was being eroded. And that was not actually noticed by a lot of people until this happened. And one of the unusual cycles that's occurring is the, the planet Pluto is um, <laughs> is returning to where it was uh, at the time we had the Declaration of Independence. Mm. Okay, so that particular cycle takes about 248 years mm. to occur, to come back. Yeah. Pluto's a very, very slow uh, planet. Yeah. So this is a cycle where we are basically rebirthing or regenerating our constitution.
0: Let me let me throw something into that mix real quickly here because I uh, we're coming close to the end of our program here, uh, and what I'll throw in there is. that in the Declaration of Independence, it talks about how we have, uh, not only do we have these inalienable rights of life, liberty, Mm -hmm. and the pursuit of happiness, but it also says, we the people, in in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, which we haven't really had in 2020, (laughs) promote the general welfare and Mm -hmm. secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves Mm -hmm. and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. Now, I get what you're saying. I hear you. And I ask those who are staunch individualists, constitutionalists, how do you balance your constitutional rights with those two provisions of the Declaration? The Constitution wasn't designed just for individual rights.
2: Well, it's it's designed to create prosperity for all, basically. Mm-hmm. Yes. You see that that's right. really the whole point behind the Constitution, yeah. and <clears throat> and you can't do that without freedom and liberty.
0: True. What if so, I told you? What if I told you though that I don't feel that my freedoms or liberty were infringed? I actually exercised my freedoms and liberty. <clears throat> okay that's one way to do it right i care about not just me i care about you peggy and you madeline Mm -hmm. i don't want anybody else to have to suffer through this so i'm going to do my part as part of the community and i guess that's kind of where i'm coming from is
1: right and and I think also you know, another theme here is that the consciousness of the planet is is rising; mm-hmm. that we're right. all becoming more aware, hallelujah, more in tune with each other, <laughs> and people are moving towards taking care of one another, mm-hmm. and not only here but globally. We yeah. know we it's the right
0: thing to do. Absolutely.
1: So, yeah, I tell you what, what, it's the been right... happening for many many years. Yeah, it, it's um, coming more into view right now. Yeah.
0: And the right thing ones, to yeah. do was to have the two of you on our program to talk about money. Money <laughs> is an energy game. And I thank the two of you for explaining briefly some of the rules of this game. I uh, hadn't really gotten into that category per se, uh, because, again, there are uh, universal laws. As we talked about, <laughs> for example, the law of exchange. There is always an exchange. Yes, it may always. not appear the way you want, but I'll tell you what. I would rather be surprised, and I have been many, many times, um, uh, at, at, at how things happen. The synchronicity, uh, as well as the lack of expectation on how it will, the form that it will take. And it's really been, uh, it's been quite fun. You talk about pursuing uh, happiness. Uh, that's one way to do it, to let go of expectations. And then when it happens, oh, wow, that was pretty neat. Right. Like and surprise,
1: surprise can go either way. So, how about being delighted?
0: Delighted is good?
1: Yeah. Not yeah. Delighted <laughs> is good. And I'm With delighted. Happen.
0: I'm yeah. delighted to have had the both of you on our program here to talk about the work that you've uh, put together here available through the website money is an energy game we hope that you folks uh, have enjoyed this program and will uh, get in touch with these uh, wonderful ladies who uh, have basically put together the neat thing is you don't have to have a, a set of dice or a wheel to spin <laughs> you don't even need a game just go board. and have fun with it play have, with the concept. that's it yeah. right there them. because we're yep. here to we're here to have fun we're here to play <laughs> that's right you know and it's a wonderful thing A world-renowned business astrologer, as well as a feng shui expert, have combined to offer a 300-page encyclopedia of money attraction tools, and it is in the name of Money is an Energy Game, and my guests have been Peggy Donahue and Madeline Gerwick, and I thank the two of you for joining us. Go to moneyisanenergygame.com. Now... I have three questions that I ask my guests and I'm going to ask the two of you these questions and I'll bounce it back and forth so that each of (laughs) you will have an opportunity to think about the answer while the other answers. (laughs) Before I do that, though, I want to let you, our listeners and viewers, know that we are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and then our special edition of Tell Me Your Story is Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. We stream live at those times at richarddugan.com. Our podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations, too numerous to mention, and those that you repost our interviews to, thanks for doing that. And you can watch these interviews on YouTube. Just go to the channel, YouTube, uh, Richard Dugan, and tell me your story. Just look for the guy with the hat, okay? <laughs> Easy to find. If, you, if this resonates with you, if you enjoyed the program and you'd like to support us financially, hey, uh, I'm, I'm expecting that there will be support. I don't know how it will come, what form it will be in, but I do know that it will be supported, and we will be here for a long time to come. I've said this before on the program and I'll say it again. My great grandmother on my mother's side lived to be 100 and I was oh. saying when she was 95 that I was going to outlive her, but she was making it really hard. Okay? So <laughs> I've got another 40 uh what is it? No, no, it's 39 years now. I got 39 years to go and I want to go beyond that. I really do. Of
2: course. To help <laughs> me to change
0: this <laughs> I world. intend okay. to. <laughs> there you go. I intend to make it beyond 100. Uh, And then, of course, we ask you to spend time uh, with your still, small voice during this, the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s. Please take the time, listen to that still, small voice, and take some time to be at peace and find that calm place, a quiet place where you can rejuvenate, re-energize, refocus, and all those good things that bring you back to your true self, your authentic self as the, the term goes. All right, that is out of the way. So now, here's what we're gonna do. Ask the question of each of you as we move forward here. And uh, the first of the three questions, I'm going to first start with, uh, with Margaret Donahue. Who is Margaret Donahue?
1: Who am I? Well, I'm a, um, a good person. I'm a um, wife, a mother, a sister, an aunt, I'm many things. I'm an author professionally. I'm a also a Feng Shui practitioner. I uh, clear people and spaces of negative energy. I believe in living a, a good life and living in harmony with nature. And going out and doing the best you can every day, and helping other people.
0: Who is Madeline Gerwick?
2: <laughs> well, I'm a, a great spirit <laughs> that is there you go, <laughs> disguised as a human being. <laughs> ah. Ah. <laughs> and I'm, I of course, am an astrologer. I'm a business person and an author a speaker, and I am a mother, and um, a great friend to a lot of people, and a consultant to a lot of people, Mm. and I am a great gardener as well.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Woman with green thumbs.
2: Yeah, I have a big garden, a big garden. I have like 15 flower beds and uh, I have flowers on my desk every day. (laughs) Fresh flowers every day. Even in the winter time I have flowers on my desk. Oh
0: beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Well uh, Madeline I'm going to start with you with question two. Okay. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now?
2: Meg and I want to start teaching Prosperity training throughout the world. We want to have a worldwide focus on creating prosperity throughout the world, and so together we are working on, on doing exactly that. And this book is the first step uh, to that because it's it's the book is actually like, mm, for lack of a better word, like a textbook to the program that we want to create. For for people and and get it translated into other languages so the people around the world can Mm. learn how to be prosperous throughout the world. And of course I'll continue to be in astrology, I'll continue to provide good timing to people and help people understand how their prosperity can increase by focusing in certain ways based on their chart. But our big focus is to create much more prosperity throughout the world.
0: And, and Peggy, what is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now?
1: Well, in addition to working, to collaborating with Madeline on uh, teaching people and helping people cultivate prosperity for themselves, I also strive to help people that I work with bring out the best in themselves and to help um, my clients and my friends, my family, live a meaningful and joyful and inspiring
0: life. And finally, Peggy, what is your life's purpose? Well, that I
1: just wrapped it up. My life's purpose <laughs> is to live a joyful and meaningful and inspiring life. That's what I do.
0: And Madeline, what is your life's purpose?
2: My life's purpose is to bring the messages of heaven to humans. And that's what I do with astrology. And so I want to continue doing that work and uh, to provide those messages in a way that people are inspired to create higher levels of prosperity throughout the world.
0: I want to thank the two of you for joining us here on the program. It's been a great pleasure. Learned a lot. Uh, I've got a long way to go in in, in terms of really uh, putting the metal, uh, putting the pedal to the metal, and and uh, making things really, really happen in that regard for myself. Because there are not just organizations, but individuals that I would really, I, I wish that my best friend, who I mentioned before, uh, I've known for 50 years. I, I he and I, we 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 uh... uh, always talked about these different milestones in high school we talked about going to our class reunion never went haven't been to one, (laughs) neither of us, okay? Um, uh, We went to college together, junior college, and I watched him over three semesters the first two semesters he would sign up for the classes and everything and he would drop one each semester the third semester He dropped them, and he was having so much fun dropping them. He dropped them all. Um, (laughs) All right. I invited him to both my weddings. He never showed up. But we're still best friends. We took a trip cross country and almost ended the relationship because of financial challenges that we we had at the end. And I said, I'm not willing to lose this relationship over that. Um, He came out to me, to which I said, yeah, so what? You're still my best friend. (laughs) <laughs> um, he called me up once and asked me uh, for some help financially because he was living in his car back in Phoenix. Mm. And I wish I could have sent him something, but I gave him some advice, which he followed. And uh, he's doing great today. And now Good. we're, we're going to be celebrating come September of 2021. Fifty years that we've known each other since sixth oh, grade. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. So, uh, you know, it's you just don't know what is going to happen in life. But if you're there for one another, you create a community. And through this program, I'm creating one heck of a community through the hundreds of interviews that I have done over the over 40 years of (laughs) interviewing people. That's great. And I a blast doing (laughs) it. So I want to thank you for joining the family and being a part of what we're doing here to change the world for the better for everyone. So we're going to help you in some way to get the word out beyond this interview. We'll have you back again to talk more about prosperity and abundance It's there for each one of us. Uh, All we have to do is reach out and grab it.
2: Well, thank you, Richard. Thank you so much for having us.
0: And I want to thank you for listening and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol.